0: All right, so we're going to continue in Romans 12, as we've been talking about our relationship together as the body of Christ, as this gospel-centered family. And so I want to begin with an exercise. I want to ask everyone to move from where you're at to a section or two seats that is not next to or with your family. You don't have to sit right next to someone else, but
1: move to a section, what? Did
0: you guys hear Marie? Now Marie, Marie, Marie. Marie, you got it right. Come back and sit down. Hold on. Everybody sit down. I could have let y'all go a lot longer. But Marie says right away. But we're all family. But then she does what I asked her to do. (laughs) That's incredible, right? Well, we've been talking about that over and over again. That uh, we wouldn't think of just me, just myself, or even just my immediate family, but this letter is to us. It's not to an individual, it's to the church. It's to us, this multi ethnic, gospel driven family and I've been thinking about why is that so difficult for us to uh, not, not understand but for us to believe for us to, to, to actually think that and live that out why is that so difficult and I thought about my own experience I think because sorry <laughs> My grandfather would have turned 99 yesterday. He was my best man in my wedding. But I thought about our family reunions. It was through his father, so my great-grandfather. And we would go to this family reunion every year with all of these other folks. And we were city folks from Atlanta.
1: Well,
0: the rest of my family? They were from LA. No, LA.
1: No, LA. 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 LA,
0: Lower Alabama. South Georgia and North Florida, the part you don't want to live in. And I would spend, we'd spend the weekend with them. And I remember distinctly sitting with my family, with my immediate family, with my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my grandfather and grandmother, and my immediate aunt and uncle. We would sit in our family together as we were in this family reunion. And in my mind, as a child, and even as I've returned recently as an adult, is there's a distinction and I realized in my head those people are my relatives they weren't my family right those great aunts and uncles and lots of cousins those were my relatives but not my family but we had all come from right? we were all related to we were all offspring of this one individual Everyone had a connection to this one individual, but I did not see them as family, even though we were related by blood. What made the difference between being related and being family? What do you guys think makes a difference for what us?
1: Difference for
0: how often you see someone, What else makes a difference?
1: What 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 difference?
0: Bonding? 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 So, okay. so how often do you see are each, are
1: each other? Bonding,
0: the time you have together to that, that you would spend to be intimate that 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 with each other? What else?
2: You don't abandon each
0: other. You're there for each other. You don't abandon each other. What else makes a difference between being a relative and being family?
1: Well, it's kind of like bonding, but you interact with each other.
0: You interact on a different level. You
1: sacrifice summer
0: you sacrifice for those that are in your family much more readily much we're much more eager right much more willing to sacrifice for your family than
1: than those relatives
0: when we gather together like this are we with and next to our gospel relatives or our gospel family?
1: De
0: en el How do we see each other? what's our perspective I think that that we all know right we can all answer even and Marie right away answer the question no we're we're family but does she have in mind well we're relatives right we've been brought into this family through Jesus we're all sons and daughters of God part of this family of God but do we see each other as relatives through that connection we have that shared connection Or are we living that connection out as brothers and sisters, as family? And that's what we've been walking through
1: in this passage. We
0: know we're relatives. But Paul is telling us we're to live like family. And when we live like family, we love each other. That's our shared life together. That's our sacrifice that we make our life as a body, our collective shared life. That's the sacrifice that Paul is talking about. And that sacrifice looks like living and loving like family. Let's read again Romans 10 or Romans 12 verse 10 through 12. I'll read it in English and then Ashley in Spanish. It says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So remember from this passage, the decision to love. That we have to decide, we have to intentionally decide to love each other, to put you before me, to put us before me. But remember the source of that love, That's not. doesn't come from me, that comes from the Holy Spirit in me. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that filling of the Holy Spirit Flows out of us and enables us to love each other
1: as we make that choice.
0: And then the outlook of love, our perspective. My hope can't be, and my expectations can't be in you. They're in God and they're in the kingdom that is coming. I'm not waiting on you to change, I'm waiting on God to do His work in you as he completes what he began. And through that process, we pray for one another and we pray with one another as we walk together and share this life. Are we committed
1: to this kind of sacrifice and love together?
0: To live that out requires a family Commitment. Not a relative commitment that I see you once a year, or even that I might see you as we gather together once a week and sit in the room together. It's a family commitment. And Romans 13, twelve thirteen says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. We are to share, we are to participate, and we are to partner with each other as family. We share together all of our needs, and we participate together in all of those needs, but we also partner together to meet and respond to all of those needs. Remember. We have needs. Everyone here has needs. But we are all needed. Everyone is needed to participate and to serve and to care for one another. And so we have to commit to doing that. We have to commit to this uh, this partnership together to care for one another, to love one another. And that involves all of us. And that's the purpose of Livingstone's Piedras Vivas that's the purpose it's not to be a group of connected relatives but the family of Jesus sharing a life
1: loving each other
0: and loving God that's our purpose but you see it goes on and says practice hospitality we share this together we we meet each other's needs in partnership together and then it says practice hospitality because our family is not fixed Our family is not static, it doesn't stay exactly the same, but specifically we are inviting others into this family, into this participation, into this partnership with us as we love each other and as we love God. Hospitality is welcoming others, welcoming strangers, those that are not family, to welcome those that are not family into our life, into our shared life together, and we treat them like family, then that one day they might become family. Does that make sense? Right? Here we are. We're this family, right? Right? We have this partnership and participation together. And all the time, that is changing and moving because we are inviting strangers, others, not like us, not our family, into this family. And so our family is going to change. Our family is going to grow. Our family is going to develop. It is not going to be the same later as it is now. And our family right now is not the same as it was before. And that's okay. That's appropriate. That's good. And so what I want to do this morning is have some Members from our family share. I want them to share about this family commitment
1: that they've
0: made. This commitment that they made a long time ago and that they continue to make. I want you to hear from them. And these two uh, couples have been with us from the beginning. And again, I've asked them to share about their initial commitment to Livingstone Spaders Vivas and why they continue to be committed
1: to this family.
0: So I'm going to ask Emmanuel and Melanie to come up first.
1: Buenos días. Dios les
3: bendiga. Good morning.
1: gracias.
3: Como mencionó Britt, él no sabía pedido compartir un poco acerca de cómo empezó nuestro compromiso aquí, a Piedras Vivas, a esta familia, y luego por qué continuamos en ese compromiso. Así que yo voy a compartir un poquito del por qué, um, del principio, um, y luego Emanuel va a compartir acerca de la segunda parte. Entonces los voy a llevar atrás muchos años, hasta el 2008. El 2008 fue cuando Emanuel y yo nos casamos. Y nosotros nos conocimos en Chicago. Estábamos viviendo ahí. Ahí fue donde también yo conocí a Brett y a Nidia y su familia. Y nosotros éramos parte de una iglesia muy grande. Ah, Muy, muy grande de miles de personas um, la iglesia tenía varios um, campuses, los llamaban como lugares que se reunían y el pastor iba como de un lugar a otro y mirabas al pastor en una pantalla grande si no estaba en ese domingo ahí en, en, el, en tu iglesia en tu edificio donde estabas tú
1: um,
3: desde antes de que nos casamos Manuel y yo sentimos un, un llamado de Dios y para servirle, para estar en el ministerio um, y especialmente servirle um, dentro del pueblo latino. Um, los, los dos tenemos raíces en ese um, en ese pueblo, se podría decir, quizás, um, y, y entonces era nuestro lo que teníamos en el corazón. Así que después de casarnos, empezamos a servir en, en la iglesia donde íbamos, um, pero esa iglesia estaba... Um, Tenía un ministerio hispano Así lo llamaban La iglesia era una iglesia que El servicio era en inglés um, Todo se hacía en inglés Pero tenía un ministerio hispano Y dentro de ese ministerio um, Habían estudios bíblicos en español Se llevaban en español Pero aparte de eso todo era en inglés Y si uno solo Si uno hablaba español y llegaba el domingo a la iglesia, le daban un aparatito donde si uno se lo metía, la traducción del servicio lo podía uno escuchar en ese aparatito que tenía uno. Ahí, Nidia, um, desde esos días empezamos nuestra carrera de intérpretes.
1: <risa>
3: um, pero nos sentábamos en un en un, en un cuartito aparte y, y estábamos interpretando el, lo que decía el pastor. Mirábamos el servicio en una pantalla, todo muy separado. Okay.
1: <risa>
3: en esos días... Um, um, Brett estaba estudiando en el seminario y él venía a la casa y, y nos hablaba acerca de las cosas que él estaba estudiando y, y um, dentro de lo que estaba estudiando estaba él aprendiendo que los domingos en la mañana son las horas más segregadas en los Estados Unidos que que cualquier otras horas. ¿Por qué? Pues porque las iglesias en los Estados Unidos se han formado basado en a ver, déjame. Ya me perdí mis notas, denme un segundo. Nuestra tendencia en los Estados Unidos, en la iglesia de los Estados Unidos, es crear grupos basados en un idioma, o en una raza, o en una etnicidad, y y formar la iglesia basada en esas distinciones. Entonces se puede ver una iglesia de afroamericanos o una iglesia de, de pura gente hispana en español o una iglesia de, de um, pues pura gente digamos de la clase media en inglés y, y entonces se ve, o sea, hay hay estudios que demuestran esto, no es solo un decir, que que la iglesia americana está muy dividida en cuanto a raza o lo socioeconómico o el idioma. Y nos empezamos a frustrar más y más en la iglesia donde estábamos, con, con los segregado que estaba la iglesia, porque decían tener un ministerio hispano, um, pero pero nos trataban dentro del sentimos, ¿verdad? Nos trataban como como menos porque tenías que ir por el aparatito, ponértelo para poder escuchar algo en español. Y empezamos a presionar un poco, ¿por qué están haciendo las cosas así? ¿Por qué no podríamos cantar unas canciones en español y unas en inglés? Porque la iglesia estaba en un lugar donde mitad de la comunidad era latino, era así Que no tenía sentido si mitad de la comunidad es latino, ¿por qué se está haciendo todo en inglés? ¿Por qué no están tratando de alcanzar la comunidad en la que estamos? Así que empezamos con esa esa convicción de que o empezamos a soñar se podría decir de una iglesia donde realmente se pueda reconocer las diferencias y que podamos ser una familia no a pesar de las diferencias pero con las diferencias y y poder honrar todas las personas que son parte de esa familia y no tener a unos menos que otros Era un sueño nada más, ¿verdad? Pero estábamos en esta realidad, de este ministerio hispano, que en muchas maneras tenía muchas cosas sanas. No estoy quejándome. Crecimos muchísimo en esa iglesia. Pero en ese sentido, soñamos con algo más. Um, a la vez también estábamos... Um, Cuando presionamos y hicimos preguntas un poco más en cuanto a cómo la iglesia estaba gastando el dinero que recibía la, la, la iglesia, nos dimos cuenta de que como un 99% del dinero que recibía la iglesia se usaba para cosas de la iglesia. Es decir, para el edificio, para pagar los biles, para pagar los pastores. Y que sólo como un por ciento o menos, no me acuerdo exactamente, del dinero que se recibía... Se daba a la comunidad para para ayudar a la comunidad y ayudar a aquellos dentro de la iglesia que tenían necesidades. Y empezamos a soñar de algo más. Una iglesia donde un porcentaje grande del dinero que se recibía se daba a la comunidad y se compartía. Porque nosotros al leer la la Biblia, especialmente la vida de Cristo, sentimos que realmente a eso nos llamaba Jesús. A a una generosidad radical, a una vida... hacer una iglesia que amaba de una manera radical con las finanzas con el servicio el uno al otro así que era un sueño nada más ¿verdad? y entonces las divisiones el lado financiero y también simplemente un mirar um, la vida de la iglesia en los Estados Unidos y y querer querer un reflejo de la iglesia que más como la iglesia como la vida de Cristo como Cristo realmente amaba a la gente como el um, buscaba y, y le daba entrada a a la gente sin realmente importarle cuáles eran sus trasfondos sus antecedentes, cuánto dinero tenían, nada así entonces para no entrar en mucho detalle llegamos aquí a Los Ángeles nos invitaron Britt y Nidia que ya estaban ellos aquí y teníamos ese sueño, ¿verdad? Y Dios puso los medios para... y la gente, porque nosotros llegamos con ese sueño y luego nos dimos cuenta de que aquí, en este lugar, habían otros con ese mismo sueño, con ese mismo deseo de ver una iglesia distinta a lo que quizás ellos habían experimentado. Y Dios... Nos permitió empezar o formar parte del empiezo de una iglesia, de esta iglesia, que dentro de su misma visión, dentro dentro de su misma misión, estaban esas cosas que que Dios nos había puesto en el corazón desde años antes. Y quiero leer un poco de... A mí me gusta mucho escribir. En mi tiempo con Dios muchas veces escribo. Tengo muchas libretitas ahí en la casa. y, Y esto es de... Enero del 2010, nosotros nos movimos a Los Ángeles en enero del 2011, entonces es un año antes de que nos movimos aquí, y es una oración que yo escribí en mi mi cuaderno, entonces dije, dice, te lo voy a... Ashley lo va, lo puedes leer oración por oración en inglés, está en inglés, entonces Ashley lo va a leer en inglés y, um, y yo en español y necesitamos.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll read what she wrote here um, in English and then she's going to translate. I get fired up about living a life that reflects Jesus, about living out Isaiah 58 and Matthew 25, about sharing my food with the hungry.
3: Ok, quizás lo voy a hacer a la misma vez, no nos vamos a tardar mucho.
1: Ok. Me emociono
3: por la idea de vivir una vida que refleja refleja a Jesús. De vivir los versículos de Isaías 58 y Mateo 25. De compartir mi comida con los hambrientos y, y mis cosas con el pobre. De trabajar contra la, just, la injusticia. Pero cuando veo mi vida, yo no siento que veo que estoy haciendo eso, no como yo quisiera hacerlo. Y me pregunto, ¿qué más tendrá Dios para nosotros? Y como los hombres en Jeremías, yo veo la necesidad de orar al Señor y pedirle que Él nos muestre dónde es que Él quiere que va, vayamos y qué hagamos. Quiero estar llena del Espíritu, ver tu poder manifestado en man- increíbles alrededor mío maneras que son sin duda tú Dios así que yo oro que tú nos des dirección para nosotros ahora y en el futuro que donde quiera que estemos seamos fieles en proclamar las buenas nuevas de la salvación de tener compasión para todos y de pelear por la justicia y el El hecho de que estamos aquí, siento yo que es un. Um, que Dios contestó esa oración y nos ha permitido estar en un lugar donde um, donde Dios está obrando en una familia que prioriza, ¿prioritiza? ¿cómo se Prior, Que tiene como prioridad um, amar a la comunidad de una manera radical. Así que así fue como empezamos.
2: Yes, I, those are those are the details that I remember. Um, Melanie left a few out. Uh, I, I uh, don't recall it so much as an invitation that we received from Brit. Doesn't work. From Brit and Nidia, um, I remember him begging for us to come. Please, please, Emmanuel, please come help us. You can bring Melanie, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, But yes, uh, the the thought of starting a church, of dreaming about a church that looks like this and then um, thinking about the last 10 plus years here, it's like a dream that, that continues. Um, it, it hasn't been easy uh, by any means, as life is not easy. But I am so grateful to God um, as I just think through all the, the peaks and valleys um, that we've that we've gone through as a family, and that we've gone through as a family. Right, Britt this morning talked about family, and and that's how I see this church. Um, as, as, as Brett dreamed the vision, you know, uh, church-driven, neighborhood-focused, gospel-centered, um, English and Spanish, part of the community, that's what we're doing, by God's grace, and that's what I pray that we will continue to do. Um, Yesterday, I was a part of a coaches meeting in Lanark and they asked each of us to share a little bit about ourselves and I just found myself talking about our church, you know, our church started 10 years ago, you know working in the community and we continue to do so Um, As I look around the room you guys are a part of our lives, right? Um, My kids don't play sports without Danny and Sylvia funding us with shoes and sporting equipment. Jason watches our kids when we go out on our date nights. Marcelo helps me on the soccer team. The Browns have been with us to help us with incredible things that we could never repay. Watching movies at the Dukes, um, you know, Larry, it's just... All of you guys are a part of our lives. You've been there when we've needed it. And you tell me when you need it. I, I know about Dennis, you know, I'm praying for him. That's what this life is about. And um, I know that, even, whatever we go through, the difficulties, and you know, the last twenty-four hours, you know, has been difficult for us. But I've had people praying for us, and I know that there's people that are going to come to our rescue, and that I can share my fears and my struggles with. And I know that they invite me to be there for them and be a part of their lives. So I am so. Um, thankful to the Lord for helping us uh, to be joyful and hope to be patient in affliction and to be faithful in prayer and we're so glad that you guys are our family
3: that's it
0: alright Browns if y'all want to come up Okay, so I'm
4: going to share our story of how we came to Livingstones and then Bonnie's going to speak
2: a little bit about it. Why we continue to be here. There was no
4: way to mess it
2: up. <laughs> 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 okay.
4: So b- before coming to Living Stones, Bonnie and I were living in Simi Valley and we were going to a church called Cornerstone and at the time Cornerstone probably had five, 6000 people and the pastor there was a guy named Francis Chan and during that time when we were at Cornerstone he was really challenging what it meant to be a church. And I remember sitting there one Sunday and he's preaching and he looks out and he says this is not church. What we're doing right now is not like a biblical picture of church. (laughs) as you can tell I need a lot of support just to function thank God I married Bonnie Um, and so I remember him saying this is not church and then I thought Well, why am I sitting here? (laughs) It's like I'm wasting my time on Sunday morning. Right, and why am I giving to this, too? And so the church kind of transitioned where he wanted to start these house churches in the valley and be fishers of men and kind of make it like what you would read about in Acts, like the early church, like, meeting in houses and being more connected and so we decided we wanted to do that like we wanted to to do something different and so we moved to the valley and we joined with a couple other families and we continued to meet but at the time there really wasn't like strong leadership and so we'd get together on Sundays not really knowing what exactly to do Um, and we did that for at least a year a year and a half and I remember Bonnie saying I just feel like I'm dying like I don't want to do this anymore let's join a church in the in the area and I said well let's just pray and wait and let's just see what God will do and then um, at the time that Matt Moore, who was in the church there, came to us after, you know, and Bonnie was kind of at our wits end, he's like, there's this
1: there's
4: this guy who came from Chicago who's living in Lanark You know And I think they were really trying to just dismantle these home churches in the valley
1: <laughs> figure
4: out a clean way to get it done. And they said, Would you consider um, just j- joining with them? Take this house church and support Britain Nidia as they began to um, start this church. And so I remember just meeting Britain Nidia and getting to know them. And you could. You could tell their life was about following Jesus. And it was like it was refreshing to us to see a couple that is basing their life around Christ. And that was exciting to us. And Brett had a vision of what he wanted in this neighborhood. And then we started learning more about his vision and him sharing with us about God's vision. And it really challenged our understanding of the church. And you see that Jesus actually spent most of his time... With people on the edge of society, with prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, poor. And it helped kind of change my view of what church should be. And so, you know, at the very beginning too, we began meeting at our house. You know, until the church got so big we couldn't do it anymore, and and um, that's sort of how we came to
1: Livingstones.
5: So I'm going to share a little bit about um, why we continue uh, with this church family and and this church, and um, and then I want to add just a couple details to try
1: because
5: <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, but one thing I do remember specifically about um, about joining uh, the this Living Stones uh, church plan is that we had prayed for this church before it existed, before we knew what the vision and the mission of this church was, that we had this heart for a church in this neighborhood, in the neighborhood we lived, where we didn't have to commute to it. And I remember uh, Matt Moore, he was a leader from Cornerstone, saying that... When you go to church or when you gather with your church family or other believers, it shouldn't make sense to anyone in the world why you're together. That if you read scripture, the answer to why you're together should be Jesus. And when I would go to Cornerstone, there would be a lot of reasons why I would it would make sense for me to go there. It was a pre- predominantly uh, white
1: church. we white.
5: It was mostly middle class and upper middle class. We're in that category. There were so many reasons why we could go there, and it would make sense to the world without having Jesus as the answer. And so that's one of the things too that when we heard the vision um, and the mission that Britt and Nitty had shared with us that they had developed with uh, Manny and Melanie as they were in Chicago, it was like... This church we didn't know to pray for but that we had been praying for. We had prayed for a pastor with a vision and a mission that he had for this area. And so it was just an amazing answer to prayer. Um, some of you that have been with us for quite a while will remember back to when we went through the Book of Hebrews for about
1: four years, <laughs>
5: and that's just because we stop along the way and we do other things, but we kept going, and uh, there's been a lot of lessons from Hebrews, and so uh, some of you may remember that we have been here that Brit would draw this thing on the on the whiteboard and it was about this theme in Hebrews about how
1: um,
5: we have to continue by faith as believers to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus and so he'd have this this line where you're going and then you might go down and up peaks and valleys and at the end, you're always keeping your eyes on the cross on Jesus And um, And that just that really resonates with me and it's one of the reasons why we continue to be a part of this family.
1: Um,
5: so I'm going to read a verse that's part of that was part of that study. Uh, it's from Hebrews 12.
1: Uh,
5: verses 1
1: through
5: 2 it says therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith let us strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that so easily entraps us or trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You all are my cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. And you're not, I don't read about you in a book. I don't listen to someone talk about it in a sermon, and I've never, I don't actually know
1: you. It's amazing to watch the faith of each one of you. As we continue for 10 years
5: and to know really hard things that happen in people's lives or that have happened to them and to see you continue by faith. And it's so much more real when you know people and when you've prayed for them for years for something and then see God answer it. And yeah, you can read those stories in a book, you can listen to a sermon online and hear amazing stories. But it's something so different when you watch people you love, that you've cried with, that you've begged God for answers to prayers and to see it actually happen. And to see people wait years and years for prayers to be answered and then see it happen. So, sorry. So that that's why Trent and I continue to be a part of this family because we get to witness this great crowd of people that show us a life of faith and it helps us to endure and to continue and I know that God has written so many different examples in his word but this one is about a race that you run together as a team with endurance and I know he wrote this one for me (laughs) because I'm an athlete and it just means so much to me to think about this idea of the team and how when you're on a team every part of that team is so very important and as you are Going toward your goal, in this one, it's the race of faith. To continue to the end so that all of us will be together looking at Jesus in eternity. And I want to see all of you there. I don't want to finish the race without you. And we know what happens. We know how. happens in sports, we know it happens on a team. On the way, people get injured.
1: People get hurt.
5: People leave the team. People come back to the team. People join other teams. And we know that our team's not the only one that's going to finish the race. Thank God.
1: Right? <laughs>
5: Thank God. Some people leave to another team, and God takes them. To the end on that team. But what I've always held on to is how much I love to run the race with you guys, to be a part of this family, to actually know the people sitting next to me in the service, to know their story. And to be a part of that. And so I just thank you guys so much. I love this church. It's 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 hard. It's wonderful. It's easy. It's difficult. It's all of those things. But in the end, it's what keeps us continuing by faith.
4: You can pick anyone on your team. Um, Just one one thing too. I was thinking last weekend. When we were doing communion. We were all gathered together.
1: In a circle.
4: Um, And before Marie was. Praying over the the bread. She said it's so encouraging to me. When I look around, I see so many different people from different backgrounds coming together because we all love Jesus. And that's like the essence of our church.
0: Why did we share those stories? It's not because those stories are the greatest stories. It's not because they're the most important stories or the most valuable stories. But they're part of our stories. And you each have a story. You each have a story how you are a part or why you are continuing or why you would consider continuing as a part of this family. We all have stories. And if we're going to be committed to each other and to sharing life with each other, to loving each other and loving God together, then you should know who you're committing to. You should know their stories. And so I just wanted to begin the process today. uh, To ask the Garcias and the Browns to be able to give us an example. Of sharing their stories. There are other stories. Larry, will you stand up for a second? I couldn't help. As Bonnie's talking about team, the world would look at me and Larry, and I wore this jersey because he asked me to, because <laughs> he was going to bring this outfit today. But how in the world are we on the same team? How in the world, turn around. How in the world do we have the same last name? Like, there are stories behind that and some of you don't know those stories but I want to give us a chance to hear each other's stories to share those stories and so next week as we come together we're going to gather around like we have before we're going to set a big table in the middle we'll take communion together but part of that time is I want to give the opportunity for others to share their story that you would be willing and able to share like well this is how we became a part this is how we started being connected or this is why we're continuing
1: and want to be a part
0: of this family and what that's going to lead to this is really exciting because not everywhere could you get your own stone but each of these stones in here have names on them of individuals or of families. In the past where we've had this time of commitment saying I want to commit I want to be a part of this family I want to
1: love this
0: family and love God here to serve God here that, that my life would be a part of this sacrifice together. And it's not a forever promise as we talked about. There are people that as Bonnie said they've gone to different teams and that's okay. We're a Changing family. But that we'd have the opportunity to do something, to to process through that, to to commit to being here and to loving each other as we love God. And so some of you might have a stone already in here. I'm going to give you your stone back. okay? And you get to decide again, like, do I still want to do this? Do I, do I still want to continue? You can take your stone and leave or you can put your stone back in with everyone else. And there's more to this. We're living stones and we'll talk about that passage and we'll talk about what God is doing through us. But I just wanted to give you the teaser that if you hang around, if you share your story and you want to continue with, with us a month from now
1: you could
0: have your own stone.
1: <laughs>
0: it's quite an offer
1: you, you can't
0: get that at every church and then your stone can live here together in this jar with the rest of us. All right we'll talk more about that but these are just examples Family stories.
1: And so, please,
0: I want to open it up next week. Please come prepared. Please be willing, if you want to, to share your story or where you're at in the story. You don't have to have a complete story. Our stories are not done. But just be willing to share where you're at. And we could share that with one another as we commit to loving God and loving each other together. Make sense? All right. Gracias.